0: ECU, do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Steven Igo on 94.3 the game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 943theGame.com.
1: Now, here's your host, Steven Igo. Welcome in, Hoist the Colors. On a Thursday, one day out from the season opener for East Carolina baseball, it is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. International Harvester is getting cranked up somewhere. Center Field, everybody's heard that song a million times. The Safety Dance, we'll all hear it at Clark LeClaire Stadium this weekend. I'm really excited about today's episode because we got our special Hoist the Colors roundtable. We got Scott Rogers, Philip Pilkington, Scott Lorbacher, Jonathan Wagner, myself. We're live on YouTube, live on Facebook. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. Let's quickly introduce our cast and then we'll get into the categories. We'll each make our picks. We'll start with the man to my right. He may be to my left if you're watching the broadcast, but he is. Scooter Scott Rogers. We're going to refer to you as Scooter since we've got two Scotts today. You're the play-by-play voice for ECU Baseball. You've put in a lot of work for the upcoming season. How ready are you for tomorrow?
2: I am ready. I am ready for it to get here. It's been a busy week getting ready for things and on top of basketball as well, but just uh, ready for 345 to hit for that pregame show to start
1: tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Philip Pilkington behind the glass Producing, doing great things. He'll be producing a lot of the baseball games this weekend along with basketball. And Philip, you've, uh, you've sat in on a few round tables this year. I'm hope, I'm hoping that this is a little more accurate than our, than our basketball and our football round tables.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, at least with basketball, I said that it was going to be an Ezra Sardunk to start the season. It was a layup, and, you know, we had Cason over here predicting, like, a half-court shot to start the season as a first point. So, But it was still pretty ugly. Um, I think we we're getting a lot of the players right as to who's doing what right. But uh football, we just – I think we need, like, the little flash thing from uh, – um, men in Black, where it just erases us yeah. as well as the minds of all of our listeners for how bad you, me, and Joey Football's predictions were at the beginning of football season.
1: Yeah, no matter what we do today, we could try to get everything wrong, and we still would not do as bad as we did in that particular day. All right, uh, we have joining us via the Internet's uh, off-location. We, we tried to get them a studio, but they just refused to drive over. Uh, we got uh, Scott Laura We'll start with him. He's part of the Hoist the Colors podcast. You can hear him every Sunday night this season. He was with us all of last year. He is also repping an awesome shirt. Which, by the way, plug your shirts, which are available online.
4: Yeah, uh, Swashbuckling Shirts uh, Etsy. It's on Etsy. swashbucklingshirts. Shirts uh, Fake Butt Fan Club here. Just Jack for the season. Ready to get back to it.
1: How many fake bunts are you expecting this weekend?
4: Uh, three a game. So
1: was that nine? Yep. Nine fake bunts. Okay. That's not part of our round table, but we might can make it part of the discussion. Jonathan Wagner is also part of our hoist the colors podcast coverage, doing a lot of good work for Own three sports, uh, which you've really dove into this year, Jonathan on the college baseball front. So plug that coverage and just your excitement level to be in Clark and Claire. as a fan this weekend, apparently not a, uh, a writer.
5: Yeah, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to get back to my seats. Um, tomorrow I'll be making the drive over. Yeah, I'll be at a lot of the Friday games this year. So I'm pumped. It's the best time of the year. And I mean, follow me on Twitter. I'm doing all sorts of top 25 predictions, just like Scott does. And I'll be doing field of 64 predictions full throughout the season once we get into conference play. So follow me on Twitter to find all that stuff, too.
1: Alright, there is our cast and we will go round table for a lot of uh, predictions here. Also, just we're going to name some categories and for example, before we get going, who will lead the team in home runs, who will make the most appearances, breakout players, both hitter and pitcher, also impact freshmen, and we'll make a prediction. Will the Pirates make it to Omaha at the end of the show? And if we have time, we'll predict the opening day batting order and all look foolish based upon what Cliff Gowen fills out. By the way, YouTube chat is open. Skull Pirate has officially entered the baseball chat for the season, he says. He is part of our Hoist the Colors podcast on a lot of Sunday nights. So, again, if you want to comment, uh, ask any questions, drop that there. We'll get to it throughout the next hour. All right, guys, first category for the baseball roundtable is And we're going to start with Wags. we got a specific order since we all – we don't want to talk over each other. Uh, First out of the bullpen, and you can give your answer and obviously expand on it as you want. Uh, But first out of the bullpen, this is one of our favorite categories. We'll start with Jonathan Wagner. What do you say?
5: Well, I think Trey Savage, you know, getting the start on Friday night, you know, big power righty. So I kind of think the exact opposite when I'm trying to figure out who's going to come out first. And really you're just – throwing stuff at a wall and hoping it sticks with this prediction. But I'm going to go with Eric Ritchie. I think he had a good preseason. He's a lefty, really good against lefties. So if he's in a situation to where there's maybe a lefties in the lineup, I know nothing about what their batting order is going to be. But give me Eric Richie. He's going to start a strong season and be the first guy out.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Jaden Winter. I think uh, early in the year it's probably going to be like the sixth – Sixth inning that he comes in uh, a little early for Bill or shankman so I think I think Jaden Winter is the uh, the first out of that next tier uh, behind Bill and shank
3: Wags cheated he looked at my sheet I'm going to go Eric Ritchie as well I just think kind of his point it's going to be one of those games where I think the Pirates will have a comfortable lead now I agree with Scott that maybe Trey with it being the first weekend will not go as deep as you normally expect your Friday night starter to go just solely because you're trying to get your guys back accumulated to playing live baseball and I don't think even though it could be a pretty good deficit which I hope it will be I don't think we're going to want to go to just a guy with little experience with it being the first game but I don't see that high-leverage guy being in there, such as a Wyatt lunsford cheekman or a Danny Bill. Scooter?
2: I'm going to go with Danny Bill, All reliable as he has been, especially last year. I uh, had so many appearances coming out of the bullpen last year, and I think you just want to start good in that first game, not take any chances, and that's why I'm going with Danny Bill.
1: All right, I'm going to Wyatt lunsford cheekman. so we got a lot of different answers, and uh, I-, I think... Really, I mean, you can't go wrong, first off, because nobody knows the situation. It's going to be one of those deals the situation will dictate a lot. But I think it'll be a somewhat of a tight game, and ECU will want to go with a guy they trust. Wyatt, we know, can go long or short. By the way, last year, first out of the bullpen was Garrett Saylor, and then Zach Root made his big debut. ECU was trailing that game against George Washington before coming back to win. And uh, Root through three and two-thirds in his first college appearance. So there's your first roundtable answer. All right. Next up, most appearances out of the bullpen. And last year, this was a category that was led, if my computer will work, I believe by Danny Bill, yes. 31 appearances. Wyatt Lunsford, Shinkman, ranked second with 28, followed by Landon again, 26. Carter Spivey, 24. Uh, so, again, we'll start with Jonathan. Most appearances, who do you feel like leads the team in appearances this year?
5: Yeah, I think it's going to be one of Danny Beal or Luns for Chinkman again. And, you know, coming into it, I was leaning Danny Beal, but my gut's telling me to go Luns for Chinkeman, and I have no reason to go against my gut right now. So I'm going to go with them. I think he'll, he might get some starts down the stretch, but key guy in the bullpen, probably your closer if you have one. So give me Wyatt.
4: Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go with uh, Danny Bill then. Uh, I think you'll see him at least twice a weekend, a couple times during midweeks. He'll probably hit that 30 appearance mark, and uh, I think that easily puts him as uh, the most on the team.
3: I agree with Scott. I think Wyatt will have too much velocity of innings when he does come in. Or not velocity, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Somebody help me out. Volume. Volume there of innings go. on his appearances to lead it. And Yeah, sorry. You know? Long week already. It's only Thursday. So I'm going Bill. Just
1: getting
2: started, Philip.
3: I know. Ugh, don't remind oh.
2: me. I'm going to go with Danny Bill as well as I go mentioned led team last year with appearances and it's going to be another heavily relied on arm this year and that's why I'm going with Danny Bill.
1: Yeah, I think if Danny stays healthy, guys, it's I don't want to say it's the obvious answer, but it's certainly the if you can make a betting odds sheet, he would be the favorite. 31 appearances last year i mean that is a lot of appearances and he was throwing back-to-back days and preseason scrimmages uh, on the weekend so i think they're getting him ready for that role and uh you know but usually typically with cliff Goblin teams there are two to three guys that kind of emerge as multiple weekend appearance guys and we'll see who those guys are throughout the season all right next category most wins and this could be a starter or a reliever uh, Carter Spivey has racked up the wins the last few years as a reliever. He and Trey Savage both had seven to lead the team last year. And so we'll start with Wags. Who do you feel like leads the team and wins from a pitching perspective?
5: Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of go with the obvious answer, if you will, here, and go Trey Savage. I think. He's going to be on Friday nights, and every time he takes them out, he's going to be better than the starting pitcher on the opposite side. He's a really top-five pitcher in college baseball, I think you could argue. So, Trey Savage, he's not going to run into a lot of, like I said, guys that are better than him on the other side. So I just think he's too good, and he's going to get to that 10-plus win range this year.
4: Yeah, I want to go a different way just because I don't want to go with the easy answer. But it is hard to win on Friday nights. Um, you know, Trey could pitch well and lead the game in a tie. Um, so I'll go Zach Root. I think he gets to, to nine wins, and that will lead the team.
3: Ditto to what Scott said. I just think there's gonna be too many no decisions for why or for uh, Trey, and I'm gonna go
2: root. I am going with Trey Savage. I think that this is, as Wag said, one of the more dominant pitchers in college baseball this year, and I think that he's going to have an outstanding year for East Carolina, especially with this being his draft year. But I uh, think he will lead this team in victories once we get to the end of the year.
1: I have Trey Savage written down as well, and. I'm going to change my pick just because I like being different. I'm going to go Wyatt Lunsford-Chinkman because I feel like, you know, last year we saw Spivey and Danny Bill coming to those, you know, when Spivey wasn't a starter, coming to those tie games in the middle innings, and I feel like that's going to be Wyatt's role for a lot of this year. You know, they've kind of stretched them out, and I think he's got a chance to uh, to snake some wins that way. So I'm going to go Wyatt Lunsford-Chinkman as I change my answer on the fly here. All right, lowest ERA is the next pick. Uh, we may go you Savage across the board here, or we may go reliever. We'll start with Wags. Who do you got as
5: lowest ERA? Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go off the board here, and I am going to take Treya Savage. like I said, I just think he's dominant. He's a top five pitcher in college baseball, and I just I don't see a, I don't see a reason that he's going to be any higher than what I think he was two seven four around there last year. So I think he will be lower than that this year.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible to go away from Trey here. I think there will be so many Friday nights, especially in conference play, where he will just overpower the teams we're we're facing. So Trey's the easy pick.
3: I think if Trey's not the answer, this team's got some issues because I think we're struggling to win baseball games if Trey's not the answer. So I'm going Trey.
2: Trey is savage as well, as uh, all of y'all said. You know, he's going to be so dominant, and I think especially – early in the year and and really throughout the year he's going to dominate so many of these opponents and lead this team once again in the era yeah i was going to go like
1: multiple categories who leads the team in strikeouts you know batting average against and i was just like well everybody's just going to pick Trey savage because last year 261 era led the team 193 batting average against 105 strikeouts all led the team so, I'm going Trey Savage as well. So, that's a clean sweep, correct? Everybody going You Savage. No surprise there. All right, our last pitching category, then we will take a, uh, a break. All right, leader in saves. We were talking about this before the show. Nine different ECU players had saves last year, guys, including Tyler Brott, Jaden Winter, Zach Root, Jake Hunter, Carter Spivey. And then uh, Trey Savage had one as well. Guys with multiple saves last year, Landon Ginn. Of course, he's moved on. Wyatt lunsford Schinkman had two. Danny Bill led the team with three. So one thing's for certain, just about everybody could get a save at some point this year. We'll start with Jonathan. Who do you feel like leads the Pirates in saves?
5: Yeah, this is a really tough one because, like like you said, there's so many guys that could get those opportunities. But I'm not going to go with Danny Beal. I'm not going to go with Wyatt or chankman because I do think they're going to be first guy out of the bullpen in a lot of those tight game situations. So I'm going to go Jaden Winter. I think he had a great offseason. He's going to take a big step forward this year, and I could see him being that kind of power-righty type guy that comes in and closes games.
4: Yeah, I think Listen off the stats, you kind of see that there there's really not a closer that we like to go to. It's more of a high leverage guy. So I think what you'll see is Danny Bill and Schenkman tied uh, at the top of the list at the end of the year. Go with the tie. I like it.
3: Um, what I was going to say is exactly what Wags said, so I'm going to go Jaden Winner as well.
2: I am going with Wyatt Lunsford-Schenkman, I think, towards the end of this year. Uh, he will really emerge kind of as the guy to go to late in games. Uh, we saw that a lot last year, especially towards the end of the season. And so I think that Wyatt Lunsford-Shinkman will lead this team in saves.
1: I like all the answers. I like the Jaden Winter pick, too, because he's been bringing it 94-95 this preseason, and that velocity could take up in season. Uh, keep an eye on Jackson DiLorenzo, freshman arm. He, he's got back-end stuff. I'm going to go... With the over Danny Bill, I think he's going to get some wins. I think he's going to get some saves. I think it just depends on the situation, of course. And uh, I'm going with Danny Bill to round out our pitching categories. All right, guys, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We will talk some hitting. We'll get into some breakout players and potential impact freshmen as well. And we got to make our picks on what the record will be. Also, will the Pirates make it Omaha, et cetera. We'll get into that. Hoist the colors. Roundtable Thursday. We'll be right back.
0: Climb aboard as we set sail and Hoist the Colors.
2: Aha, ha hey,
0: Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. And welcome back in. Hoist the Colors
1: on this Thursday. Roundtable edition. Fun show. We've, we just went through the hitter or the pitcher categories. We're about to go through the hitter categories now. Scott Rogers, Scott Lorbatcher, Jonathan Wagner, Philip Pilkington, and uh, Skull Pirate in the YouTube comment says, no Bryants, please. As he says, the Pirates do not want to open their season. Hey, would we take though a opening weekend sweep with the Mint Hosting another Super Regional? I think so, right? Cause that's what happened with Bryant. Yeah. Just took a 20 game winning streak, so I don't know if we can count on that. Um, alright, let's get back into our roundtable discussion and we will, uh, roll through this. We may, if we have time, try and predict the opening day batting or I don't know how that's gonna go if we do. We have, uh, I put mine up on hoist the colors. So I'm interested to hear y'all's take if we get to that point, but let's go batting. Highest batting average last year Justin Wilcoxon and Joey Barini tied 318. They each hit which tied for the team lead amongst regular players. So you could go with either of those guys, They're back, or a different direction. We'll start with Jonathan Wagner.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go with a familiar face, and he wasn't one of those guys that led last year, but he was close. Jacob Starling, I think he's going to be a guy. He's hitting one, two, or three in the order, and I think he's someone who's going to take a big step forward this year, which is good to say because he's been so good before, but he's going to be in that 320 to 330 range, I believe.
4: Yeah, I completely agree, and, I, and I'm going to go there too. I think Jacob Starling has a uh, Connor Norby type year and hits over 400 this season and leads the team. Bold. I'm not going to. I'm
3: not that high on him, but I did already have Jacob Starling on my list, so I'm going to make it uh, three of us for Star.
2: I am going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going with Carter Cunningham to lead an average this year. But I do think that Starling will be right up there at the top. I was debating between Cunningham and Starling, but in the end, I went with Cunningham.
1: I feel like there—I mean, legitimately—you look at last year. There are five to six guys that could all hit mid, you know, three twenty to three thirty, and lead the team. Unless somebody, of course, has a Starling caliber year that uh, that Scott predicts, that nobody will come close to that. I don't think I'm going Starling as well. 311 last year the thing i like most about star though is he just has a great knowledge for the strike zone he gets himself into good counts he knows when to attack early he uses the whole field i just like jacob starlin's approach so i'm going with starlin as well to lead the team but it wouldn't surprise me if any of these guys really in the regular lineup end up doing it all right next category most home runs and last season the pirates were led in dingers by josh moylan with 15 starling hit 10 Alec Makarevich hit 11. He is gone, of course, to NC State. Uh, Wilcoxen 9. Carter Cunningham, 8. And Jacob Jenkins-Howard hit 9, nine as well. Uh, Jonathan, who do you have in this home run category?
5: Yeah, originally I wrote down Jenkins-Howard, but I just have a feeling that having Ryan McChrystal healthy and having Walker Barron as an option at catcher is going to do a lot for Justin Wilcoxon. I think he's going to not be as tired at the end of the year and I think his power is going to reflect that. So Justin Wilcox is going to be a, have a big year, probably that 13 to 15 range as well.
4: Yeah, I think we need to see, to see more guys hitting 10-plus home runs. But uh, I, I'm still going to go with Jenkins Coward here. I think he, he has a big bounce back season, hits maybe 15 or more.
2: That's
3: exactly what I'm thinking. He even admitted at media day to having – kind of let it go to his head last year how good he was back in that 2022 season i think uh he's worked a lot in the off season to be where he needs to be i love jc and i think he leads the team with 17 to 18 home runs this year
2: i'm going with justin Wilcoxon. uh you know you've run pretty much everybody's run out of things to say about jdub and how good he is and for him to come back this year i expect a big year and uh going to expect him to as you said 13 to 15 home runs i think is what you said wags and i think somewhere in that same category
1: i like the justin and pick a lot i'm going with jc as well guys after the injury last year he hit i think only one home run in his last 20 something games i don't know the exact number but i just feel like that zapped a lot of his power and i think we're going to see a different jc this year i think he'll reach double digits you know, Some people have predicted like 18 to 20. I don't know if he'll get that high, but I'm going Jacob Jenkins-Coward to lead the Pirates in home runs. All right, most runs scored last season. Lane Hoover and Jacob Starlin tied for the most, I believe, with 60 runs scored. Yeah, 60 runs scored. Could go Starlin again. We know he's an on-base machine. Does anybody want to go in any other direction? We will start with Jonathan Wagner.
5: Yeah, I'm going to start it off by going in a different direction. And I I think someone with speed, someone like a Luke Nowak, who he's going to be in the lineup, I think, more often than not. But even when he's not, he's got that speed. He's going to be pinch running late in games, I think. So I'm going to go with Luke Nowak. He's going to get on base a lot when he is in the lineup. And even when he's not, he's going to get opportunities.
4: It would be easy for me to go to star here, uh, considering what I said about his batting average, but I'm not. I'm going to go Riley Johnson. I think he's got a knack for getting on base. Uh, I think he'll be hitting in front of a lot of you know guys that are going to have a bunch of RBIs. So give me RJ.
3: In order to get it to score runs, you got to get on base. Jacob is going to lead the team in average. He's going to lead the team in runs scored, and not only because of his speed and his ability to. You know, I know he doesn't have it quite like No Walk and those other guys, but he still runs the bases really well. And he's gonna have some power guys behind him. There's me a couple times he's just gonna trot from first base right into home because J Dub and JC are gonna be hitting right behind him and be knocking him in with some dingers.
2: Yeah, and, and much like you just said, Pilk. With I'm going with Starling as well, and a lot of it is because of where he more than likely will be in the lineup and what will be behind him because he's so good, as you said, of getting on base, and then what he's got behind him that's so well hitting wise they'll be able to easily knock him in, and that's why I'm going with Jacob Starlin.
1: I'm going with Jacob Starlin as well. 19 of 20 on steals last year, gets on base again. He does strike out a little bit, but you take it with his patience. 44 walks, 10 hit-by-pitches. That equaled 54 free passes compared to 50 strikeouts, and then the high average. I think he's going to be on base. I think he's going to score a lot going Jacob Starlin. All right. All right our next category here is most steals and this team has got a ton of speed you go in a lot of different directions here last year you had a lot of guys with big stolen base numbers starlin 19 of 20 uh riley johnson 11 of 15 when he wasn't really even fully healthy at times luke nowak 20 of 25 nate chrisman was 8 of 8 in a backup role we know dixon williams bristol carter have speed so we'll start with wags again most steals
5: yeah, I know I just talked a lot about Luke Noah but I'm actually going to go Jacob Starling here. And he's a guy, I think his speed is underrated. But when you look at the stats last year, he's one of the fastest guys on the teams. And I do think, like we said earlier, his average, he's going to be right there at the top. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities.
4: Yeah, to the still bases, you got to be on base. And that's why I'm going Jacob Starling as well. 19 of 20 last year, um, just a really effective base runner. He'll lead the team.
3: This might be counterproductive with me saying guys are just going to hit home runs behind, uh, or no, never mind, because I am going, never mind. I looked at my sheet wrong. Because Starling <laughs> will have guys knocking him in and hitting a lot of home runs behind him, he won't need to steal as many bags. Um, I think Luke Nowak is going to kind of hit maybe in that 7 or 8 hole, and they will want to get some guys in scoring position before we flip over the lineup, so I like Luke Nowak.
2: I was really trying to figure out where Philip was going. Yeah, I thought I had Starling. Dude, I've
3: got so many names typed out on this because i'm keeping up with everybody's and i was looking at scott's and not my own so that was my fault and i apologize well
2: hey if we have a stolen base during a home run this year you'll get credit for it uh i'm going with luke nowak uh led this team in stolen bags last year and has really it's hard to say that he's worked he's gotten better and faster but he has talking with these coaches and so i think nowak wants to steal more bases this year and i think he will and lead this team once again
1: Alright, I uh, so Skull Pirate says these predictions need to be written down and revisited at the end of the year. Well, that is exactly what Philip is doing, so we will revisit these. We revisited uh, football and basketball, so we will do this for baseball as well. Alright, I'm going with Bristol Carter, true freshman. I think he is going to begin the year coming off the bench playing defense, but will be a starter by the end of the year. He stole 50 bags last year at uh, northwest guilford he's got elite speed it's just a matter of how much does he play but i'm going with bristol carter kind of a wild card pick because a lot of it will depend on how his uh, how his role develops but i'm going bristol carter all right breakout player guys we'll go hitter and pitcher we'll start with hitter uh breakout player ideally kind of a guy either returning or an older player because we're going to have an impact freshman category as well so we'll start with breakout player hitter wags
5: yeah, I really think there's five, six, seven guys you can go to here. and But I'm going to go to someone we've talked about a little bit already and go Riley Johnson. I just think if he can stay healthy, he's the best defensive outfielder on the team, probably the best defensive player on the team. And, I mean, he plays a great center field. And we I think he, Cliff said at media day he was seven for seven in his last pinch hit opportunities to end last season. So, He's showing he can come through clutch and he's got a little bit of pop if we can, if he can get going. So I like Riley Johnson to have a big year this year if he's on the field.
4: I'm going to go in a different direction with a guy who's going to get every day at bats, um, seemingly for the first time this year, um, since high school in Dixon Williams. I think playing every day, being in the batting order every day is going to really help him kind of surge to the front of this, uh, lineup.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go Chaz Myers. I know it's kind of weird to say a breakout for a guy who's a senior and started in another program, but he's never started in the Pirate program. This is a guy who's going to play, I think, multiple positions in the infield. He's going to be using a lot of pinch hitter roles as well as being a sporadic starter. And uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys, when we look back at the beginning of the season, maybe you won't have the most hits out of any guy that we've talked about here, but I think he might have some clutch hits and uh, big-time situations. So I'm going to go with Chaz Myers.
2: I'm going with Chaz Myers as well, guy that has really looked good in the fall and spring. And, you know, talking with some of the coaches too, Myers has been one of the better hitters overall with this team. And it's going to be tough, I think, to get him in position player wise. But this is a guy certainly that could get in that DH role a lot this year. And that's why I'm going with Chaz Myers.
1: All right. My pick is Dixon Williams going off uh, Scott Lorbacher. It just, I feel like. He's got all the tools, and if he can just carry his confidence mentality that he's had this offseason into this year and not get too caught up in the hype of the lights, he's going to have a monster year. I could see him hitting anywhere in the order. He's got speed, power. He had a huge summer. Just crushed the ball. He's crushed it in the the late fall to to the early preseason, so I'm going Dixon Williams for my breakout pick from a hitter perspective. All right, breakout player from a pitcher perspective. We'll start again with Wags.
5: Yeah, and I just want to give a special shout-out to Ryan McChrystal first. Honorable mention for the last one. I feel like he deserves a mention at least, and he's going to have a big year. But for pitcher, I'm going to go with Jaden Winter. I predict him to leave the team in saves, and I I love that build of a pitcher. Power righty coming in late games when hitters are a little bit more worn down, too. He's going to get opportunities. He might not be in the ninth inning every game, but fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, any inning really he can do it, and I think a big year is incoming for Jaden Winter.
4: Yeah, and kind of piggybacking on Philip's comment earlier about uh, Chaz Myers, I think Chris Kaler's the guy for us on the pitching staff who is not really a breakout year because he's, he's had that last year um, elsewhere, but you know, nailing down that Tuesday night role, getting a lot of midweek wins for us, I think he's a breakout pirate this year.
3: Keep going, Scott. Preach, baby, because we need to win these midweek games to have a high RPI. That's our RPI boosters. This guy's gonna be the midweek starter. He's gonna mow down some of those teams like NC State and Duke. Give me Chris Kaler.
2: I'm gonna go with Wags here and say Jaden Winter as well. As you said, you know, he's looked really good in the fall and in these inter squad scrimmages as well, leading up to the this- to the spring season and expecting a really good breakout year from Jaden. We've seen the potential there in the past. We know how hard he can throw. We've seen it, saw it a little bit last year, but now that I think he gets a little bit more playing time this year, expecting a really good year from Jaden Winter.
1: Jaden Winter is my pick as well. I was going to go Zach Roots. Scott and I were talking. Uh, Scooter and I were talking, and you know he had a good year last year, but I feel like he can be a lot better. But I'm going to go Jaden Winter for my breakout pick. You know, we just have not seen him get the the live reps. And I think that this year, with his his fastball, his command, his confidence, I think will come out. And so I'm going Jay Winter as well. All right, we'll pick a few more categories. We'll go impact freshman for hitter and pitcher. And then we'll get a break in. So we'll start impact freshman hitter. Wags, who you got?
5: Yeah, I'm going to my Pinecrest kid, uh, Colby Wallace. He's a guy you could pick for both categories, really. But. He plays at third base. He's a right-handed at bat, so I feel like he's going to get opportunities, whether it's at first, third, DH. If he's coming in into pitch, he can really do it all a little bit, and I really think he has a lot of potential on that bat as well as in his arm. So give me Kobe Wallace.
4: I'm going to go the easy pick here and go Bristol Carter. I mean, I think he's a guy that will eventually be in the lineup every weekend in the outfield. So, I mean, if he's in the lineup, he's going to be an impactful one.
3: Yeah, I just don't know how healthy Riley Johnson can stay. Therefore, Bristol will have a lot of reps at center field. I pray that Riley Johnson does stay healthy, but um, I think there's no reason to not go Bristol-Carter here.
2: Go with Bristol-Carter as well, uh, not only just from a talent perspective, but as Philip just said, he's going to get a lot of reps for this team this year. He's going to play a lot, whether that is in the outfield or at, in a DH role, but I'm going Bristol-Carter.
1: Bristol is my pick, too. I just think he's got the, the makeup that fits East Carolina. Usually with freshmen, you n- you don't know what you're going to get, and he will definitely have his ups and downs, but I just like his mentality, his work ethic. He fits the Pirate mold, and I think eventually will be a, uh, a starting center fielder for the Pirates. So Bristol Carter, my pick for impact freshman hitter. I right, impact freshman pitcher. We will go to WAGs again to start this off.
5: Yeah, I think Colby Wallace is someone you could go to here again, but I am going to go Jackson DiLorenzo, and I go mentioned him earlier. He had a good lead-up to the season, and he's a guy, he might not get opportunities right away, but when the season goes down, I feel like he's going to get his chances, and he will make the most of them.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes it's overlooked how important those middle innings on Sundays are, and I think uh, DiLorenzo will lock those down and uh, play a huge role for us.
3: Come on, boys. You know I'm bad Whoops. at spelling. I'm in charge of this. And you pick a guy named Di Lorenzo. You think I know how to spell Di Lorenzo? Come on, guys. You just go
2: DiLorenzo. <laughs> he also spelled freshman two different ways. On oh, this did
3: list. I? Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> math's my thing. Give me numbers all day long. And I think the guy who's going to get the most opportunities will be the breakout freshman pitcher. And I think that is going to be Ethan Norby.
2: I'm going to Ethan Norby as well. Really look good in those fall fall exhibition games this year and has gotten some more innings here in the inter-squad scrimmages as well. And being that he was already starting in some of those fall games, I think you can expect Ethan Norby to have some big situations this year already as a freshman and get a lot of innings on the mound. That's when going Ethan Norby.
1: Yeah, you can go, I think, in at least three different directions here. Corey Costello has got a lot of buzz as a freshman lefty. Ethan Norby, definitely a possibility. I just like... Uh, D. Lorenzo, his stuff as well. I think he got through the fall. I think at some point this year he could develop into a a, a middle to back end arm. He's got the stuff, really heavy, hard fastball that's tough to square up. And if he just throws strikes, he can be pretty special. So I'm going Jackson DiLorenzo. Lorenzo, but I like this freshman pitching class. Even J. D. Little, uh, left hander, has been pretty impressive in, uh, in in kind of a unique slot from the left side. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get a break in. We'll come back. We will make our final regular season record prediction, 56 game schedule, and we'll predict will the Pirates make it to Omaha? Is this the year? We'll talk about that. We'll predict the opening day batting order as well, since we got some time remaining. This is Hoist the Colors the on a Thursday a as we farmer. go to commercial with the best song I've been in America. 10 years to the Farmer's Dog!
0: We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors.
1: All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors. IBX Media's Hank Hinton has exited stage left. He was our live studio audience. By the way, Club 23? 23 right. Club. 23 Club, in honor of uh, Keith LeClaire, NIL Initiative. Just got the hat. Man, that's sick. It is. Where's my hat, Hank? 23 club. If you want to donate to support the NIL initiative specifically for East Carolina baseball, check them out. We'll just leave this right here. It's a 47 brand hat. thing's nice. Yeah, that is a nice hat. I might take it home. Even though Hank just gave it to you. He gave it to me. He pays you more though. That is, uh, depends on the day. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get back into our discussion here. And we only got a few categories left. I guess you guys wanted to predict the lineup because we've been racing through this thing. But first, got to make our ECU final regular season record prediction. We've been going roundtable style. Uh, we got a few questions on YouTube I'll get to here after we we get through this. So keep dropping those if you want to have those answered. Uh, 56-game schedule. You know... ECU has a team goal of winning 40 games during the regular season, so we'll just go regular season record. Uh, final regular season record prediction. We'll start with uh, Jonathan Wagner and continue with our order.
5: Yeah, I went through the schedule, and I went pretty much game by game, and I think I had about 2-1 on most road weekends. So give me 42-14. and 14. It's really tough to predict, but I think that range is probably where they settle in.
4: I also went through game by game, and that had me at fifty six and zero. So I had to, to redo that, um, and then I went week by week, and, and landed on forty six and ten. I think uh, if this pitching staff is what we think they are, we'll, we'll dominate a lot of the weekends.
3: Yeah, I maybe wasn't quite as optimistic um, regular season, but so I went forty one and fifteen. It's a tough schedule uh, the midweeks, even though I do. Have faith that Chaz Myers will, or sorry, Chris Kaler will jump up and be that guy um, to the conference. I mean, I, I don't think it's it's not good. Don't get me wrong, but I think maybe there's more mediocre teams in it than there was ever before, and it could just be one of those where you jump up and and botch a weekend game here and there. So I got fifty one or forty one, excuse me, in fifteen.
2: Was, hey, 51
3: Yeah, 51-5. baby. And five. heard it here Let's first. Go. Let's go.
2: <laughs> I'm going uh 44 and 12 with my prediction. Much like Philip said, the conference will have a big big reason to do with that. Uh you know, I fully expect East Carolina to win, you know, 20 to 22 games in the conference this year and you know, especially with this it's, I, I've said it before this non-conference schedule is going to be tough. You know, it might not look that way necessarily on paper, but there's a lot lot of programs that know how to win on that non-conference schedule, especially on the weekends, but I think East Carolina will still win the majority of those games to go 44-12 and in the regular season.
1: So I, I usually am on the, I don't want to say the lower, but more, I don't know, I try to predict what I think is closer to reality, but I think this year it wouldn't shock me if any of these records come true because I feel like ECU has the pitching depth to just rack up wins. They usually go in that hot streak kind of in the middle of the year to finish it out, and I think they can start the year better this season. I'm going to go 41-15. and I toyed with 42-43 wins, Uh, but I think 41-15 and with an improved conference could get them to where they want to go. Uh, so I'm going to go 41 wins. So we all have EC winning 40 or more games. So that would be a very successful regular season. Skull Pirate on YouTube says we need a midweek's matter shirt in the store for uh, for Scott L. Uh, he's rock- rocking the uh, fake bunt fan club shirt, but you can check it out. Swashbuckling shirts. That is correct, Scott. That's right. All right. So check that out. Swashbuckling shirts. Cameron says the team needs to dominate midweek games. We want the best chance to make it to Omaha. And yeah, that's obviously a big key. Last year midweek was a struggle. Cost ECU a chance to host a regional. Let's get a let's get a quick take on this round table and then we'll we'll jump into our Omaha predictions. Skull Pirate wants to know will our new conference help or hurt our host chances as compared to past seasons? I think it's a definite help, but We'll go same order, roundtable. Thoughts on the new conference or any interesting storylines there, Wags?
5: Yeah, I think it, it'll definitely help. And I think Scott said it perfectly earlier. You know, there might not be any great team. Maybe it was Philip, whoever said it. But there might not be any great teams coming in, but I think there's more mediocre teams and teams that aren't as awful. And I think that will help. So it'll help RBI-wise, but it'll also help just testing you. Once you get into the postseason, if you're tested more in the regular season, it can only help, and I think they will be tested more.
4: Yeah, I think the RPI anchors are much fewer this year than in past years. You look at a team like UTSA that had, I think, four weeks. They were in the top 25 last year. Charlotte looks like they could be an at-large type team. Um, So, you know, the conference can start getting two to three teams in every every year. Then I think that will really go a long way towards us being – Perceived much higher with a with a good
3: rapid. Yeah, I think short term it's a slight help, uh, mostly because you're not playing Cincinnati between six and eight times like you have over the last three or four years. Because we all know Cincinnati was the bare bottom, and you know to Scott's point where you've got you know teams like UTSA and Charlotte coming in. But I think the long term effect is going to be. Phenomenal. I I predict Rice to get maybe not back to where they were, where they're winning College World Series, but I think them going into a conference with higher TV revenue, we're getting six million more dollars than those teams were getting in CUSA. Now a lot of that's football money, but they are going to pour that into baseball. I think that Rice pours that into baseball. I think UTSA pours that into baseball. I think Charlotte pours that into baseball. I think the long term effects of this new conference are very very good for the East Carolina Pirates. And hey, the next team you are losing, SMU, they don't have a baseball team. Still don't understand how they don't have one in Dallas. But, hey, you know what? That wasn't my decision.
2: I think overall this conference will help East Carolina. Maybe not necessarily a ton, but I think it will give them a little bit of a boost. You know, this year outside of East Carolina, Charlotte, UTSA, I don't think this is the year that might give them that big boost. But I do think in the future it will. Because as Phillips said, we all know the history of Rice uh memphis has shown some flashes in the past as well and so there's teams there that can that can help east carolina i think overall this the new teams coming in and also the ones still in the league from previous years getting better will help east carolina in the long run
1: yeah i'm looking forward to the charlotte series just ecu having somewhat of a rival it won't happen overnight but it's better than playing cincinnati 35 times in a span of two years um Ra Rah I'm guessing this is not Ra Ra Dilworth on YouTube says 46 regular season wins for the Pirates this year 46 and 10 that would be pretty impressive that would put ECU in national seed territory alright I'll tell you what let's get a break in we'll come back then we'll make our lineup predictions heading into opening day so we will do that we'll be right back this is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday
0: everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics this is Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go on 94.3 the game Welcome back in. Oyster Colors final
1: segment here. We've got to make our Omaha predictions. Yay or nay. Is this the year ECU bust down the door to Omaha It is our round table edition. So we will make our picks on that and then maybe throw out some lineup predictions as we near the end of the show. We'll start Jonathan Wagner. Is this the year wags that the pirates make it to the college world series?
5: Yeah, this week I put out my predictions for which A-teams will make it, and I had ECU falling just short. They were in that next group of teams. I think they'll host a regional. I, I hate to start it off with a no. I know, it's tough. A bad spot here, but I think it will fall just short, unfortunately. But do, can they? Absolutely. Give me ECU in the 8-9 matchup against
4: TCU, getting past Peyton Tolley, now that he's there from Wichita State to head to Omaha.
2: Gives me bad flashbacks here in that name. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough.
4: Uh,
3: yeah, I just think this team is, is more deep than any team we've had. Maybe it doesn't have the star power, the firepower, but you need depth to go to Omaha, and that's something this team has lacked. This will be the year.
2: As Phillips said, depth in this team certainly is the the biggest thing. Experience is a word that I keep saying with this team. And you combine both of those things and I will be sitting in a broadcast booth at TD Ameritrade Park in June is my prediction. The Pirates are in Omaha in 24.
1: Wow. So the majority says the Pirates are going to Omaha. Unfortunately, we're going to start it and end it with negatives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no as well. Pirates, prove me wrong, baby. I'm going to go super regional road loss once again, but would love to be proven wrong. And I hope I'm covering it next to you in Omaha. But me and Wags are we're on the train to... Uh, to take ECU down, apparently. Um, All right, we got about four minutes left. Let's try to throw out some lineup predictions here. So I posted this on Hoist the Colors. I'll just run through mine real quick since some of you have probably seen this. I've got Riley Johnson starting in center, hitting leadoff Carter Cunningham first base, hitting second, Jacob Starling. Playing second, hitting third. Jacob Jenkins Cowart playing right, hitting fourth. Joey Barini in the five hole. I think Cliff likes to uh, mix up his big hitters. Playing short, Justin Wilcoxen hitting six, catching. Chaz Myers getting the start at DH with the lefty on the mound, and uh, Dixon Williams third, uh, hitting eighth. Luke Nowak hitting ninth. So Wags, we'll see. Do you have your uh, lineup written down? You can, you know, throw the whole thing out there, or just throw out any disparities from mine.
5: Yeah, I've got it written down, and I'm going to go. I have Luke Nowak in left field leading off, Carter Cunningham at first base hitting second, Jacob Starling second base hitting third, Justin Wilcoxon catching at, in the cleanup spot, JJC in right field in the five hole, Chaz Myers DH at six, Dixon Williams playing third base in the seven hole, Joey Barini at short in the eight, and Riley Johnson playing center field in the nine hole in that second leadoff type spot. Yeah, we all have the same
4: people. I have uh, Riley Johnson followed by Jacob Starling, Carter Cunningham, JJC, then Will Coxon, Dixon Williams, Joey Barini, Chas Meyer in the 8-hole, and Nowak uh, as that second leadoff spot.
3: Yeah, I did not have time, unfortunately, with all the show prep <laughs> to write all this down. I Just spit kinda, it out, Phillip. Yeah, no, just <laughs> going off kind of what you guys said. I like Nowak in that 9-hole role, um, so I think that's where he'll be. Uh, I do see him splitting up the big hitters, as Igo brought up. Will Coxon probably goes in like that seven spot to get him a little away from J.C., who I think bats clean up. I like Starling in the 2-hole. Uh, I thought he hit good there last year. I think it was last year he hit in the 2-hole. Was that or the year before? Um, so that's kind of what I got. And then just kind of fill in the blanks after that because, like I said, it's hard off the dome to just do this. And uh, I did not have time to write it down, so I apologize. And now to you, Scooter.
2: That was an interesting <laughs> thing there. But, Sorry, uh, I just put nice uh, you know, nice I I together. I also do not have a lineup writ- written down. I'm also terrible at predicting batting lineups. I but, mean we all are with right, DCU, let's but be real. Defensively, uh, you know, I think y'all pretty much nailed it. You know, no walking left, Riley Johnson in center when he's healthy, J C and right. Dixon at third, Barini at short, Starling second. You have Cunningham at first, and then j behind the plate. I mean, that's pretty much going to be your lineup this year. Uh, you know, you might see a Cam Clunch get in there at first base a little bit. Cunningham could come out, maybe get a day off, switch to DH, something like that. But I think that this lineup is going to be pretty consistent as the year goes along, other than maybe one or two spots.
1: Yeah, looking forward. to you think Bristol Carter gets a start this weekend? I feel like we see Clunch in. And- and Carter start at some point. I think so. You know, I made McChrystal too.
2: Yeah, you know, I think you could see McChrystal maybe get a a DH spot, maybe get a, a spot behind the plate depending on who's on the mound. But yeah, I, I expect to see at least Crystal maybe not necessarily in the center, but maybe at a DH spot as well. All
1: right, guys, this has been
2: a ton of fun. We got a hard out, so we gotta get out of here.
1: At this time, but again, check out the Hoist the Colors podcast. We'll have it every Sunday night at 9 o'clock. That'll be on our Hoist the Colors YouTube page, live stream with Scott Lorbacher and Jonathan Wagner. And who knows, maybe we can even convince Scott and Philip to show up there too. We'll have to wait and see uh, as the season moves on. All right, we're going to get out of here again. Tomorrow's show, we'll have Joey football. 12 noon, we'll have a pregame show of sorts. And also, he's got to eat a shoe. So make sure you tune in for that. He predicted Little John would not show up and that he would eat his shoe at the halftime show. If Little John didn't show up, he did. So he's going to eat his shoe. We'll see you tomorrow 12 noon, opening day tomorrow. It'll be fun. See you then. This is Ben Hoist the Collars with your
0: host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943theGame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 the Game.
5: Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group is not your typical insurance agency. We educate you on your insurance.